morning, everybody. Good morning. Shall we rise up and sing our praise? Would you sing with us, please? Heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the people of God sing his praise all over the land. Everyone in the valley, come and lift your voice, all those on the mountain top be glad and shout for joy, rise up and praise him. He deserves our love. Rise up and praise Him. Let's worship the Holy One with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Rise up and praise Him. Heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the people of God sing his praise all over the land. Everyone in the valley, come and lift your voice, all those on the mountain top be glad and shout for joy. Rise up and praise him, he deserves our love. Worship the Holy One with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Rise up and praise Him. Rise up and praise Him. He deserves our love. Rise up and praise Him. Let's worship the Holy One with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Rise up and praise Him. He deserves our love. Rise up and praise Him. Let's worship the Holy One with all your heart, with all your soul. Good morning, everybody, <laughs> and happy last Sunday of January. It's so good to see you this morning, especially those of you. Uh oh, especially those of you who are sitting outside and didn't hear the guitar drop. So, <laughs> welcome to worship. Next week is Communion Sunday, and the offering will benefit Methodist Children's Home. And as always, please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon on Wednesdays. 
that's all I have for announcements. So shall we welcome the light of Christ? First scripture reading today comes from Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 20. And Moses is speaking to the Israelites. And I'm reading from the message. God, your God, is going to raise up a prophet for you. God will raise him up from among your kinsmen, a prophet like me. Listen obediently to him. This is what you asked God, your God, for at Horeb on the day you were all gathered at the mountain. And you said, we can't hear any more from God, our God. We can't stand seeing any more fire. We'll die. And God said to me, they're right. They've spoken the truth. I'll raise up a prophet for them, a prophet like you from their kinsmen. I'll tell him what to say, and he will pass on to them everything I command him. And anyone who won't listen to my words spoken by him, I will personally hold responsible. But any prophet who fakes it, who claims to speak in my name something I haven't commanded him to say, or speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in prayer, please. Loving Father, we gather this day to praise your name and to give thanks. We have so many things to be thankful for. The recent rain and the bright sunshine that reminds us of your pure light. Life and family and friends, the freedom we enjoy, and the ability to share your love with others. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus, who taught us to abide in the true vine that we might bear fruit. Oh Lord, we pray that our actions always bring glory to you, and that they bring others into your kingdom. These things we pray in the name above all names, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful and loving God, we thank you for yet another gorgeous day that you have made, a day for us to rejoice and be glad. Lord, we, we lift up those that we've named. We have some that, are re, that have remained unnamed that we lift up for healing in their bodies, their minds, 
and their souls. We know that it's your will that we walk in health and prosperity. So we lift these up. Lord, we lift up all of those around the world who have recently lost loved ones. We ask that you would comfort them. We lift up those who are in areas of the world with violence. We ask and pray for peace. Lord, we lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will that your kingdom might be made manifest to everyone. Lord, we ask that you would guide us with your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes and our ears and our understanding as we study your word this morning, that we would all be better disciples of your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This is not a rhetorical question. This is a real question. Okay. How many of you have ever flown in or out of Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport? Okay. I thought so. You know. So this morning we're going to talk about authority. The word shows up a couple of times in the, in the short reading from Mark that we have, and it shows up many times in relationship to Jesus' ministry throughout the Gospels. There are different kinds of authority, and there are multiple definitions, but what I would like us to think about this morning, or what I'd throw out there this morning as a definition of authority is that authority is personal power that commands influence, respect, and conviction. That's what authority is. Okay? It instills confidence. It instills confidence in people. Our scripture reading does come from Mark's gospel, the first chapter. Consider the word of the Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Many pastors have thought this. 
and numerous times over their careers, I'm sure. Anyway, there was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed and kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding area of Galilee. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful and loving God, God who gives us all good gifts, God who gives us authority over evil, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Jesus goes into the synagogue, which was, again, as we read in Luke chapter 4, his habit, his habit to get together with folks. Now, you know, synagogue's not quite like going to church Synagogue really just means a group of folks. And anywhere there were ten families, there could be a synagogue. And a synagogue was, was established in those days. And they didn't, at the synagogue meetings, they really didn't have formal worship sort of like we do. They do some of the things we do, but what they did, they got together and they, they prayed they read the scripture, and someone would expound the scripture and do that. That was, that was the thing they did. So this, if we read in Mark's narrative there, is right after Jesus has come from the wilderness and picked four disciples. He's got four disciples at, at this point, And he's gone into the synagogue, and wow. There's a, there's, a, there's a person there who's demon-possessed. Now, this morning we're not going to go into a whole lot of stuff about demon possessions because, possession because we're primarily talking about authority. But in any case, Jesus cast the demon out of this man. He healed him. And it said that the people there were astounded First off, after he read the scriptures, after he read the scriptures, because why? He spoke as one with authority. He spoke as one who commanded influence and respect. He spoke as one who had confidence. Now, how was he able to do this? 
He was able to do it, of course, because of who he was. But in Jesus' life, despite who he was as the Son of God, as God incarnate, he showed us the steps that we should take to continue to make the kingdom of God manifest to everybody. He had a good foundation. When I served another church, I had the great pleasure of having in my congregation a man who ran a construction company. And no small construction company, a, a very big outfit. In fact, there are many things around the state of Texas that if we mentioned them, you would, you would recognize, oh, I know about that. And he was he he built his company, I should say. I mean, he did, built a lot of those things. One of the things that his company did was they built the foundation for the runways at DFW, all the substructure for all the runways. Now, most of us don't usually think about that, right? When we when, usually when we get on the plane, we we hope that the pilot's not drunk. And that the plane's in pretty good repair, and that, and that, you know, and there's some sort of pavement on the runway, right? Things like that. We don't really think about the foundation for the runway. But, you know, an Airbus 320, uh, depending upon the configuration, weighs between 150 and 200,000 uh, pounds. And when that hits the runway going 130 miles an hour, right? That's a pretty good impact, right? Now, and if you're a runway, this happens to you over and over and over again, especially if you're at a runway at some place like DFW or Hartfield in Atlanta or O'Hare in Chicago or uh, LAX or any, or any number of other busy airports in the world. And if you don't believe in the importance of that foundation, go look at our parking lot, okay? We have a new, no, 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 we have, we have a parking lot that was a year old in November, and it already has some cracks in it, right? Now, that's not because the people who laid the asphalt didn't do a good job. That's because when this parking lot was originally put in, it didn't get a good foundation, and the, and, and, and the ground continues to shift under it. So when the ground shifts, we see the cracks. Jesus, on the other hand, when he walked into the synagogue in Capernaum, had a very good foundation. And because of that foundation, he knew he had the authority to call out this evil spirit that confronted him. Now, where did he get that foundation? First off, like I said, he's the Son of God, but he was being an example also to all of us how to get a good foundation. He went and got baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came out of the water, what happened? There was a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We're all children of God. 
in whom God is well pleased. And Jesus wants us to remember that. And then, what does it say? The Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. And that's where he was tempted. The adversary came. The adversary came and tempted him. And how did Jesus answer the adversary? Every time he was tempted, he rebutted the devil with Scripture. That was another strong, strong part of his foundation, as well as the part of being led by the Spirit, something all of us have at our disposal as well. And what else was in his foundation? His foundation was he, he understood what he was supposed to do. He went about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He was well-founded in God's Word and the proclamation of God's Word, the good news. And then, the last thing that Mark tells us about before he goes into the synagogue there in Capernaum is he started picking his followers, the group that was going to be around him, the group that not only he was teaching, but were there to remind him of who he was, of who he was. We all need folks around us to remain accountable to and to help us in our walk. Jesus had all of these things. If you want authority in your life, you need a good foundation. And Jesus had it. So he casts out the demon from this man, which, by the way, again, he healed the man. That's the important thing for us to remember. An exorcism, whether someone is truly possessed by some sort of evil spirit or whether they're just led astray, is a healing. Jesus healed this man. And the folks there in the synagogue said, Wow! What is this? A new teaching with authority. You see, Jesus didn't just say the words when He read the Scripture. He lived them out. They were alive in him. You can have head knowledge, but unless you've got the experience to back it up, it's just not the same. You see, the scribes that were there, who they said didn't have, the, you know, that Jesus spoke with an authority they didn't have, they had the head knowledge, but it hadn't transformed their souls at that point. Today, if you want to be a pilot, we've got super-duper simulators, right? I mean, we have simulators that really do act just like the plane acts, and they can go through all sorts of things. 
and you can get the knowledge from reading a book. But you know what? You still don't have the experience. You, you, you have the experience of landing a plane through a simulator and all that, but you still don't have the real-life experience. I think of it sort of like the swimming pools that I usually swim in most days are about four or four-and-a-half feet deep at the deepest point, right? That's a whole lot different than swimming out in the middle of the ocean. If you're swimming in a four-and-a-half-foot swimming pool and you get tired, you can stand up. If you're swimming out in the middle of the ocean, it's not the same way. It's sort of like with a simulator. You know, just this past Pearl Harbor Day, December the 7th of 2020, Chuck Yeager passed away. Now, if I had the option of learning everything that I know about flying in a simulator or by having Chuck Yeager sit in the back seat behind me actually in a plane, I'll go for that, right? Because he had the experience. He lived it. You know, I mean, think about it. I don't. There, there may be others, but right off, I don't know anybody else. I don't know of anybody else who shot down a jet from a from a prop-driven plane. And of course, he was the first one that broke the sound barrier. That's like our walk with Jesus, right? We can, we can read about a lot of things. We can listen to a lot of people. But the one we need to listen to is Jesus. And Jesus told us, Jesus told us in John chapter 10 that His sheep would hear His voice. And they would know His voice. We have the ability to, like Jesus did, study the Scripture, surround ourselves with other Christians, be led by the Holy Spirit, and in that way, really know Jesus. Really know the One who has the experience, who has the authority. So if you want to have authority, listen to the Shepherd. Listen to the one that has the experience. And then uh, in the penultimate verse that I read this morning, it says, what? That even the evil spirits listen to him and obey him. Listen to him and obey him. I don't know what evil spirits all of you have in your lives, what they may be, what it is you can't deal with or you're having trouble dealing with. But we all get circumstances thrown at us that from time to time we have difficulty dealing with. But we need to remember the authority that we have. And again, that authority comes from who we are, what we know, what our experience is. You know, I mentioned the weight of an A320 earlier when we were talking about 
foundations and whatnot. On January the 15th, 2009, there was an A320 that was landed on the Hudson River, right? Y'all remember that? Captain Sullenberger landed that uh, A320 successfully on the Hudson. Wasn't a crash. It was a landing on the Hudson, right? What different forms demons can take, right? You know, on takeoff, they go into a flock of geese. Now, normally you'd think a flock of geese was a beautiful thing in God's creation, right? Not so when it takes out both of your engines. It's not that beautiful at all. But Captain Sullenberger took authority. He knew he had the authority, and he took the authority. And he did the right thing. You know, and sometimes when we take authority, there are voices we hear that tell us we ought not do that, right? He heard those voices. The air traffic controllers told him to turn around and he could land back there at, at uh, or he could land over at Newark or at Tierberg or someplace else. But he didn't listen to those voices. He knew what he had to do. And he did it. He did it. And no one died. He successfully landed on the Hudson. You know, sometimes things aren't what they appear. And sometimes the places we have to land, metaphorically, aren't what we planned on or what we thought they would look like. They're not a nice tarmac with a good foundation sometimes. Sometimes there are other things. Now Jesus told us in Mark chapter 13, 12 chapters down the line here, Jesus said, the Son of Man is like a man who goes on a far journey. And he gave authority to his servants. He gave authority to his servants. You see, friends, we've all been given the authority of the believer by our Lord. It's up to us to take it up and use it. We have the authority to speak out against evil, to do the right thing. But we have to take it and we have to use it like Jesus told us to do. It won't do any good if we just know about it. Knowing about it's great, you know. That and, that and $1.50 will get you a cup of coffee, right? You have to put it into practice. And we've all been called to use our authority. To use our authority. To influence others. To show others what to respect. And to show others what to have confidence in. So this morning, I'm here to remind all of us that we have the authority that was given to us by God. And if we will but use that authority, we can. We don't, ever, we don't always know what evil or demons are going to look like when they pop up in our lives. But if we use the authority that Jesus gave us, 
we can cast them out and we'll always have a place to land. Amen. Now go out there and take the authority that you've been given. And as you do it, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.